I grew up on a farm in the middle of the country, literally not surrounded by anything. The nearest bus stop was a mile away. I lived there till I was about eight. Then my parents got divorced and I moved to a local village. Um, my childhood was pretty average. Um, didn't live near many of my friends, so a lot of my time was using my own imagination on the farm, but with lots of space to run around in, you can't really complain. You know, the minute you can sort of walk in a straight line, they put you in a machine. Yeah, I think I drove my first tractor when I was probably 12-ish. Obviously sat on my dad's lap steering vehicles from being a toddler. Um, when I was about 16, um, I'd grown up in Martham, which is a very sleepy, quiet, normal British village. There's not a lot there. At the time when I lived there, there was a garage, a post office and two shops. But that was it. Uh, and a park. So there wasn't a lot there and the lights and sounds of the town were appealing at the time. So when I was 16 I moved to Great Yarmouth and I've been there ever since. I moved in with a friend when I first moved to town and um, we got on really well so actually it was a really good first experience and then I moved into flats by myself but I think I had the foundation to be able to get on with that because my friend had sort of taught me how to be independent. Um, I think most of the time we spent trying to find a job, and then I did, I did get a job. Um, I've worked in probably nearly every pub in Great Yarmouth in my career. <laughs> Lots of bar work, I've done so much bar work. Um, I've worked in some factories, I've done all sorts of jobs, bits and bobs here and there. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it with the first year was definitely trying to get finances in order and sort of exploring the town, because obviously I'd travelled to Yarmouth like, but it was always a weekend trip with the family or something like that. So it was nice to see it all the time. I've always, I've always enjoyed art. Um, I did courses in college to do with art. I do wish I'd done something on the side. But yeah, no, career-wise, I mean, I'd, I've done some web design, which is probably the closest thing I've ever come to using any of my art qualifications. So, um, yeah, no, as far as career aspects, I haven't really managed to hit what I want to do because Yarmouth's not a affluent enough town to, I think, support the arts the way it should be supported. I mean, there's such a rich history. I mean, Anne Swell's from there, the lady that wrote Black Beauty, and it does have quite a rich history of art and things, maritime art, and I'd love to do anything, really, painting, anything. Um, well, I think a lot of stuff, even corporately, is, is outsourced nowadays. So it's done by someone across the world. It, I mean, because someone on the other side of the world can build you a website. You don't have to go down the road. You can shop further afield. And I think that's, uh, there's just, there aren't no companies in Great Yarmouth that do. Well, there are, there are sign painters, but that's not really the avenue I wanted to pursue. I tried doing tattooing. Um, I'm a bit too squeamish to be a tattoo artist. Even though I love the designing and all that part, I can't do the actual needlework myself. Just it seems it could do with some investment when it comes to art and design in Great Yarmouth. And um, going back a little bit, how did you find the transition from going from rural to a town? Was it? I would say it was a little bit of a culture shock, I suppose, because um, I wasn't used to hearing drunk people, and that sounds crazy, but when 
you live in a farm and this farm is literally surrounded by fields. I mean, there's our neighbor, we had a neighbor, but he's another farmer, so we hardly ever saw him. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to be around so many more people. But I like that because I'm quite social, so that suited me quite well. What do you think of Yarmouth then, when you first came? And what do you think of it now? God. Back then, it was a lovely place to live. And, I mean, I moved to Great Yarmouth when I was 16 and I'm 37 now. Uh, you could walk around at night and you could walk around and feel safe. I don't think you can do that anymore. Which is a shame because it is a nice town. It's just, it seems in the last 10 years, the council just have given up trying to make it a nice place. Um, I wasn't gay when I was in my rural setting. Um, my father, although very accepting now, um, at the time, he's very sh sheltered. He's grown up on this farm that was his dad's and his dad's dad's. And I don't think he'd even met a gay person when I told him I was gay. And yeah, he, he had some issues to begin with, but now we're fine. And my mum, I didn't even really have to tell her. I think she always knew. But definitely, I I wouldn't... Um, I tried to fit in when I was in the rural setting, as in when I moved out on my own, I could be myself. And um, I started going to places like Allen's Bar and King's, and they were all gay venues when I first moved to Great Yarmouth. I actually made friends with the um, owners of Allen's Bar, and they were a lovely pair of women, and they... Um, Showed me the world, I guess. Um, I know one of them still lives near the town, but um, they were great. They were so great at like, helping me introduce me to this world that I'd never seen before, where I could be normal. Yeah. Do you think it's harder for people in rural settings to to be gay? Because I guess they'll be literally the only gay in the village. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was definitely the only gay in the village, definitely. Um, I was always different to everyone else. I've always been quite tomboyish and I know it's a bit of a stereotype, but whereas my sister would be inside playing with her dolls, I was out playing with mud pies and things like that, climbing trees and getting into mischief. But um, yeah, no, I think it is harder. And um, attitudes of a lot of people, because not all farmers in general, obviously, but I would say that older generation of farmers specifically um yeah half of them like I said they wouldn't have even met a gay person so they're just it's just alien to them so yeah it's a bit definitely harder I think I mean I live with my mum and most of the time she never had a problem I mean I came home from school one day she went Emily are you gay and I said yes and she said okay and that was that I've been very fortunate I've had very little discrimination in my time I have had some I worked, for this is an example, I won't name places, but I worked in a pub and my partner at the time brought me in some lunch and I made the slight mistake of kissing her goodbye. By the end of my shift I was fired because they said that my till was 55 pence down. So yeah, I've both, uh, that's, the, that's probably the worst prejudice I've ever had. But no, fortunately I've been quite lucky in that regard that I've never really faced anything like that. I'd say it's a bit easier. People are more accepting, especially if you're a woman. I think being a lesbian is a lot more accepted nowadays than it used to be. It's much harder for gay men. But I think as a lesbian, it is easier. But then again, I think in the last two years, the attitude is slowly going backwards. 
because I don't know, you just see you see it on the news and stuff, all this hate and things that seem to be brewing nowadays. I mean, one minute it's people of colour and then it's homosexuals and it seems like there's a certain subculture of um, society that wants to blacklist any minority group. So I do see that now and again, but fortunately in Great Yarmouth that's not too big a problem. I think the people, and that's a crazy thing to say, especially as I was just talking about prejudice and things, but on my road, um, the road I live on is not a particularly nice place to live in Great Yarmouth. There's a lot of trouble, there's a lot of police calls and so forth, but I wouldn't give my neighbours up for anything because they are brilliant. They're always nice. If I need anything, they're there. Likewise, I would be there for them. But yeah, no, the people that live on my road, I actually get on with everybody. There's not a single house I've ever had a problem with, so I think definitely the locals. I think the council, and um, that sounds a bit, I know, but they just, it seems like they'll put money into things like the marketplace, but then they alienate everyone that wants to use the marketplace. So how is it going to pay for itself in the long run if you're scaring all the market traders away? And like they'll, they'll pretty up the seafront or town hall, but they won't touch anywhere else that desperately needs it, like the children's play areas that are dangerous and the drunks drinking in the park all day every day. And there's stuff like that that needs addressing. I have a weird feeling they're all from Norfolk because my, my dad's, I know my dad's side of the family have been there for a very long time. So I would imagine I am mostly from here. But um, I know there is some other places in my mum's side of the family. So it would be interesting to know. Um, I think my own health is reasonable. I could probably be better. But as far as my own personal health, I think I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm probably a little bit more overweight than I should be, but apart from that, I don't really have any health issues. I'm quite lucky. I am diagnosed with PTSD. I was in a very bad previous relationship to the partner I'm with now. Um, but that's got better over the years. I mean, I was with this other person, oh, must be 11 and a half years ago now. And this, it took a long time, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. And it's mostly thanks to my new partner. I was offered counselling, but I was only allowed three sessions. Yeah, and they wouldn't fund any further. So I had my three sessions. I went to all of them. The woman I spoke to, she was lovely. She was amazingly helpful, even in three sessions. So, yeah, more sessions would have been nice. And I do think mental health is horribly overlooked in Norfolk in general. Well, we have a facility in Great Yarmouth called Northgate Hospital and I was actually born there, which is a bit of a crazy thing to say because it was a maternity hospital 37 years ago. But um, they turned it into a mental health unit and it's it's so underfunded and understaffed. It just it doesn't serve its purpose. It's unfit for purpose. Well, the whole mental health service in Norfolk is basically unfit for purpose. It needs funding and it needs people that care to do something. See, um, I think culture is, when you go, say you walk into a town, say I walked into London this morning, it'd be the feel of the place. So you go to London, you see the lights and the smells and you think, oh, it's an exciting place because it's busy and lights. But then you can go out to the middle of the countryside and be like, oh, it's a different kind of culture because it's quiet and peaceful and, so yeah, I think it's a feeling of a place.
place how it makes you feel. I think Yarmouth has culture, but it likes to keep it well hidden. I think that's the best way to explain it. It's all under the surface. What do you mean by that? That's, that sounds interesting. Um, there's lots of creative people in Yarmouth. They're just not given the opportunities needed to put it out there. There are galleries and things. I, I myself have tried to get into these galleries and I was told there was no room. Um, the Great Yarmouth Arts Guilds could be a bit more liberal to their approach to how they view art, because art is subjective and everyone has their own interpretation of what they see. Yeah, no, I just think funding and people that care, that's what's needed. I think that goes back to what I was saying about my neighbours, like I wouldn't give them up for the world. I know that if there was something crazy going on on my road, we'd all be out there like, oh, what's going on? And we all have our little chats, we all huddle up in a corner, be like, oh, who's done what this time? And um, no, I think our community in our little area of Yarmouth is pretty strong. And I think you need that nowadays with governments, councils. It just seems like they don't listen to the people anymore. So the people, at least the people are listening to each other. Did you find that that especially true or not during COVID? Yes, definitely. I mean, the first thing one of my neighbours said to me was that if you get COVID, just knock on the wall, we'll go shopping for you. And I obviously extended the same back to them. It's nice to know there's a support there if you need it. How do you think COVID affected Great Yarmouth? I think mental health, definitely it. I mean, our, the road I live on is pretty bad for having the police called there. We get at least one call out a week, at least. But during lockdown, that must have doubled easily. I don't think people coped very well with being shut in. I mean, I know that I, I still have trouble being in lots of people because I've spent a year in the house. But that's getting better. Yeah, I think a lot of people with mental health issues really struggled because they couldn't get the support needed. Are there any kind of uh, family or Norfolk traditions you see are dying out? Oh, lots. Um, let's think. What I used to do with my dad when I was younger. The Sunday drive, like, we used to just get in my dad's car and just go. And he'd be like, all right, kids, left or right, and we'd play the left or right game. And, yeah, I don't think many people do that nowadays. I think that was that's probably due to lockdown, because obviously people were restricted in their travel. I suppose subconsciously they still feel restricted, because obviously COVID's still here. What is a Norfolk tradition? Yeah, so I'm just trying to think of. There's all sorts. We used to do a lot of maypole dancing. You don't see that anymore. Because we used to do it, like, when I was in first school, every day, near enough. I think the morning used to start with someone doing the maypole. You think, well, this is dying out. Our fishing industry, Yarmouth, was one of the biggest fishing ports there was. And now, I don't think hardly anyone uses our port or outer harbour. You get the occasional passenger boat that will wave on its way by, but that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> They used to make um, these things called fair buttons when the fair came yes, to town. Yeah, I um, remember fair buttons. They think that's dying out as yeah. well. I think handmade crafts in general is dying out because everything's so much produced nowadays. It's like, I think that's a shame though because I think you can't beat something that's been handcrafted. Jobs, there's just not enough for the population. And I really wish our government would ban zero-hour contracts because they are the biggest blight on employment going because I was told by someone in our actual job centre to stop looking for work 
because I had to support me and my partner the same way we live now, which is not great. <laughs> I would have to work 48 hours a week, which of course I'm willing to do, but there, there, just, there aren't jobs that offer that many hours at minimum wage. They're not there. My partner has fibromyalgia. She has, um, God, I'm going to get it right, scoliosis. The curvature of the spine, I think that's right. She also has um, epilepsy, which is thankfully under control. Um, yeah, I basically I take care of her and do whatever she needs me to do for her. Is it hard being a carer nowadays? Yes, I think so. Why is it hard being a carer? I don't think our government acknowledges how hard some people have it. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm not saying I have it hard because I don't, not compared to other people. Like, I know children that are carers and that just shouldn't be the case. A child should be allowed to be a child, not a carer. Just, again, it's funding and our government caring, which they just don't seem to at the minute. What would be the perfect job for you? If I could, I would love a job where I could just paint all day, every day. But um, feasibly, I'd, I'd work anywhere. I love animals. Anything creative, like if I could go to a job and be creative every day, I think I would be happy. And that's not available now? No, sadly not. There's not much creative about working in Poundland or a betting shop. And I think the one job you can get in Great Yarmouth is care work. And the thing is, I know I care for my partner, but I think you have to be a special type of person to be like an official professional carer. And I'm not that kind of special person. Tradition to jump off the end of the pier in Great Yarmouth when you hit a certain age. And um, I did it and I managed to cut all my leg on sea barnacles. That was a fun trip to A&E. I fell off a donkey on a beach and he was only walking. The sand was uneven, that will, that will be my excuse for that. No, um, I think you can walk around and see comedy everywhere. You just have to, you have to look for it. Do you use the beach? I do yeah. use the beach. Probably not as much since COVID, but yeah, I live. I literally live a two-minute walk from the beach and it would just be a waste not to use it. I love sitting on the beachside cafes, especially like when it's nearer winter and the holidaymakers have left. You just sit and you have a nice drink and just stare out over the ocean. That's lovely. What do you think about the holidaymakers that come to Great Yarmouth? I think they're hemorrhoids. Why? They're a pain in my bottom no um no no they're fine obviously we need holiday makers otherwise great yarmouth would have no income whatsoever um they're great it's just um i find some holiday makers very ignorant but i think that's probably the same in every town i bet all locals think that about holiday makers to be when fair. you say ignorant 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 of what probably it's just local custom i guess which is fair enough because they're not from the area but I don't know, I suppose, I mean, I've been, I went to France when I was younger. I'm sure I made an ass of myself while I was there. So I can imagine that everyone feels that way about holidaymakers. I think it's just because they get in the way of your normal life. Whereas, you know, we do need them, though. We need their money, so. <laughs> you said you talked about local custom. Can you give a, a, any examples of a local custom? Like, I don't know. Um... I find that, this sounds crazy, I find Norfolk drivers are actually quite polite compared to some other places. So if some, if I let someone through and they do not thank me, I literally want to crash into their car. I hate it. 
And I think manners don't cost a thing. That's just, I think that's probably my biggest pet peeve with holidaymakers is lack of manners. Because I believe there's two types of Norfolk people. There's Norfolk people like my father, who's a farmer, and he sounds very Norfolk, like old Norfolk, with the Warren. Yeah, that's my dad. Um, and then you have, like, myself. I don't class myself as old Norfolk. I don't really... People say I have an accent, but I don't think I do. I think I have an accent when I say certain words. Like? <laughs> funeral. So my dad, he, he doesn't say funeral, he says funeral. And we don't go to watch a film, we go watch films. So yeah, the, language, the old Norfolk language is actually quite interesting. If you ever get a chance to look it up, you should. Because some of the words are great, like bloater and things like that. They're all old English words. Yeah, and what happens then? Then we all go crazy. Yeah, that's because we have no mental health services. We all just go straight to crazy. <laughs>